Here's to the innovators, the makers, the doers, and the hustlers of D.C. With Facebook Elevate, you can grow your business, build your online presence, kickstart your career, or turn your passion of creating content into a reality. Facebook Elevate is a program that provides free digital marketing courses, potential job opportunities, and coaching from Facebook experts that can help you kickstart your career. Learn more at facebook.com slash fbelevate. Facebook Elevate, on the rise, together. The left has debated the issue of whether Trump supporters are entitled to be treated civilly. They've decided that no, Trump supporters are Nazis, and this is war. Imran Awan has been implicated in a huge data breach at the U.S. House of Representatives and the Democrat National Committee. Now the Department of Justice has given him a get-out-of-jail-free card. And young Americans are leaving the Democrat Party in droves, including minorities. What's behind the walkaway movement? With these stories and more from a nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is America First Radio's Daily Brief. And thank you for joining America First Radio. This conversation never ends. You can follow us on Twitter at AmFirst Radio and friend us on Facebook at America First Radio with Jim Dawes. Then you can share it with your friends and get early notifications as soon as these shows are posted. America First Radio is proudly carried on the Talk America radio network, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio. And you can listen to their live feed 24-7 at talkamericaradio.us. And America First Radio is broadcast each weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern on Talk America affiliates in Florida and Georgia. But if you miss a broadcast, you can always listen on demand on your favorite podcast directory and at our website at americafirstradio.com. Well, did you see the, uh, the videos uh, circulating on social media of this, uh, this leftist out in San Antonio, Texas, Kino Jimenez, where uh, he sees uh, these uh, teenage boys sitting at a booth at a Whataburger, Whataburger, and uh, one of the kids is wearing a, uh, a red uh, Make America Great Again hat. And, of course, this, uh, this, this motto, Make America Great Again, has become fighting words to people on the left. So you got these, uh, these teenage boys sitting in this booth. They're, uh, they're going through the throes of adolescence. You can see them. They're, they're all skinny um, boys with uh, acne you know, minding their own business. When this uh, Kino Jimenez, full-grown man with a, a beard, um, large fellow, takes and grabs the hat off of uh, the boy's head and uh, takes a, a, a big uh, soda off of the table and throws it in his face, uh, calls him the N-word. He's not, uh, he's not black. Uh, he calls him the N-word and tells him he's going to go home and burn this hat in the fireplace and then calls him the B word. And this is exactly the sort of uh, behavior that has been uh, promoted and, um, and drummed up uh, by people on the left, including Mad Maxine Waters and, uh, and the people over at uh, MSNBC's Morning Joe where you had uh, old Donnie Deutsch over there uh, calling Trump supporters Nazis. And this is, uh, this is really what's shaping up uh, to have the contours of a, uh, a real civil war. Uh, the left has been so upset, um, turned over by the fact that they lost this election in 2016 when they thought that there was no way that they were ever going to lose that election and they were going to be able to consolidate uh, their transformation of America, as uh, Obama liked to call it, and uh, the fact that uh, the big, big, broad section of the United States pushed back on their plans has sent them uh, into hysteria. And they've been, for the last week or so, debating in, uh, in the public uh, media whether or not uh, Trump supporters uh, should be treated civilly. They like to talk about whether they, uh, it's okay to run them out of restaurants or attack them publicly. Much of this stuff has been going on. 
But they pretend as if all of this stuff has just arisen uh, recently, turning a, a blind eye entirely to what took place uh, during the uh, presidential campaign where you had the Democrat National Committee paying a company to send agitators into Trump rallies and to, uh, to incite violence. Uh, they, they like to point out that Trump, in response to these provocations, uh, made some uh, ill-tempered statements from the podium, like um, in my day they would have uh, knocked that guy out. And they like to say that he started this. Again, as I say, they want to look at uh, what's happening currently with this incivility on their side as, uh, as if it's a new development, turning a blind eye to these, uh, these attacks of Trump supporters in the streets during the campaign, uh, the Antifa uh, taking to the streets and rioting anytime somebody from the right side of the political spectrum tries to speak or hold a rally. Uh, they pretend that uh, James T. Hodgkinson, or Bernie Bro, didn't stake out a Republican baseball practice and attempt to commit a mass murder and, in fact, shoot several people, uh, grievously wounding the, uh, the Republican uh, House whip. They pretend like uh, uh, conservative voices on universities and campuses all across this country haven't been silenced by thug tactics. They pretend that there hasn't been just numerous um, instances of violent attacks on Trump supporters, um, you know, in the last year and a half. And what we've got to play here, I think, is a, a larger social dynamic uh, wherein uh, the, the country has become very polarized. You've had the rise of um, a, a, a large leftist movement that wants socialism, that wants identity politics, that, uh, you know, really uh, wants anybody who has a, uh, a disagreement with them to be silenced and to be defeated. And you've had a backlash against this of uh, middle America, I would call them, uh, that took uh, the opportunity of a Donald Trump presidency to try to seize on some politician that would go to Washington and represent American interests instead of being bogged down in, uh, in these uh, cultural, um, culture war, culture warrior uh, issues. So we've got a very polarized country at this point. We've got uh, basically divided about 50-50. I, I think it's probably uh, more like 60-40. Um, and the, the middle America represents the 60%, but there is a very large segment in our country as a result of, um, of you know, mass immigration and uh, um, indoctrination of uh, the next generation in political correct orthodoxy at, uh, at schools and universities. And the, the debate that's uh, going on right now seems to be, well, who started this? Who's responsible? And as I say, we can point to many instances where actual physical violence has broken out uh, on the uh, left side of the spectrum. And then the leftists like to point out intemperate words that uh, Donald Trump has uttered uh, during the campaign. By and large... Uh, people on the um, right side of the political spectrum don't engage in gratuitous violence. They will, in fact, defend themselves very effectively, and you've seen quite a bit of that. I don't know if you saw this uh, this riot uh, in Portland, Oregon last week where um, a, a group of uh, American nationalists tried to hold a patriotic prayer rally, and they were set upon uh, by uh, Antifa, uh, the Rose City Antifa that uh, threw um, fireworks at them, assaulted them with clubs, uh, threw eggs, and attacked them with mace. And you've got instance after instance where these uh, these foolish uh, Antifa rioters physically attacked these um, 
these uh, American nationalists and uh, and paid <laughs> paid the price for it. Uh, especially this one fellow, I can't remember his name, but uh, they kept uh, running up to this this big guy. He's about six four, two hundred and thirty pounds. I don't know what they were thinking, but he he was just knocking one out after another after being attacked, defending himself. But we've got a real rise uh, now of uh, this uh, this sort of uh, leftist fascism, where they it very much reminds you of the brown shirts in uh, in Germany. Or uh, or Mussolini's fascists, they were I think they were called black shirts in Italy, where they try to impose and enforce uh, political orthodoxy uh, by street rioting and uh, and attacking people that they can identify uh, as disagreeing with them. And uh, you would think that responsible voices would prevail in this, but uh, that has been just the opposite. People in positions of power and authority, both in politics and the media, have urged this on. And thoughtful uh, journalists, so-called thoughtful journalists, have made um, reasoned arguments on why it is okay to attack Trump supporters. So I think we should uh, kind of look past uh, who's to blame for this. We're not going to get anywhere, um, you know, trying to ra- uh, to reason or argue with these people. We've got to be prepared to defend ourselves, and uh, and I mean so uh, physically if necessary, but most certainly uh, come November at the ballot box, we have got to uh, really just let the Democrat Party own this movement and punish them uh, for encouraging it and, uh, and facilitating it. Uh, we need to um, get 60 votes in the Senate so we can start pushing through an American uh, first agenda, and we need desperately to, uh, to try to fight back on the cultural front. We'll talk more about this issue when we come back right after these messages on America First Radio. So the left, uh, for their part, have conducted this uh, this debate about whether or not Trump supporters are entitled to be uh, left alone, basically treated civilly in uh, in public spaces, and they've decided that no, uh, Trump supporters are Nazis and white supremacists, and they must be confronted and driven out of the public uh, square. And um, and well, I mean, implicit in what they're saying is, you know, if you're a Nazi. Then you, uh, then you must be, well, killed. They they have a- actually driven the more unstable uh, members of their left uh, leftist coalition uh, to to violence, and their uh, this uh, this unstable segment of their uh, coalition is pretty large. People who are unstable uh, tend to gravitate toward the left side of the political spectrum. And so, you know, if you've got people out there who uh, have a a platform like the New York Times or the Washington Post uh, making arguments, literal arguments, that that Trump supporters are Nazis and white supremacists and uh, and this is uh, the coming of a dictatorship, then you're giving them um, authority to take whatever means necessary to defeat this. And you're seeing this in the streets um, with, uh, with Antifa and, and these, uh, these attacks on people that are just going about their, their, uh, their daily business. Donnie Deutsch, who's sort of, sort of a, an opinion maker there in the salons of um, Manhattan. It's a major um, advertising um, executive who's, uh, given a, a platform on MSNBC's Morning Joe. He went on there and uh, uh, that show and said uh, outright 
that Trump supporters are Nazis and we ha- and they the left has to defeat the Nazis. What has to happen now, this can no longer be about who Trump is. It has to be about who we are. If we are working towards November, we can no longer say Trump's the bad guy. If you vote for Trump, you're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. If you vote for Trump, you us. are ripping children from parents' arms. You, the mistake that we've made in the past is look at that bad guy over there. Look at that bad guy. What the Democrats have to do is make the next election a referendum. I'm not who Trump is but who you are. If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border like Nazis going, you here, you here. And I think we now have to flip it. And it's a given the evilness of Donald Trump. But if you vote, you can no longer separate yourself. You can't say, well, he's okay, but. And I think that gymnastics and I think that jujitsu has. You want to talk about gymnastics. How about the mental gymnastics of uh, equating um, the Nazi regime that was responsible for uh, a, a world war that uh, cost millions of lives and, uh, and operated concentration camps that ended up uh, costing people millions of lives, equating that with uh, having a border, having people on the border saying, no, you can't come into this country. You hear or you, you hear is what Donnie Deutsch is saying. Anytime you really analyze the arguments of these people, what they do is they, they so exaggerate their, uh, their moral superiority, and they, they make the jump right to Nazi. They're, they're about the easiest thing uh, in this country at, at, in this day and age is to be called a Nazi or a racist. You don't have to uh, display any actual Nazi or racist behaviors. All you have to do is fall short of these moral paragons as they see themselves on the left. And they are anything but. They are the most vile, nasty, self-righteous, destructive people uh, in the history of this country. But they're pushing their politicians, uh, you know, way out on the on the violent fringe. You got Maxine Waters saying that if you see them uh, gather a crowd and tell them they're not welcome anywhere, so you can't occupy any space anymore, according to Maxine Waters. I know Mad Maxine is a lunatic, but you got um, you got them, you know, pushing uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi to. Uh, scrap decorum in the upcoming uh, battle over the Supreme, you know, the Supreme Court nominee, and to basically engage in some sort of civil disobedience in the halls of Congress. Never mind the fact that in a, a civilized democracy or um, democratic republic, I should say, these issues are settled in advance by elections. Power is not gained in the halls of Congress through sit-ins or um, civil disobedience. It's gained at the election that sent you there to begin with and by rules that, uh, that empowers the majority. But you've got, if you, if you go into the um, editorial pages, the opinion pages of the uh, Washington Post or the New York Times, you'll see that their opinion writers uh, have decided that it's time to do away with so-called civility and uh, pull out all the stops and basically just uh, become a um, a mob. That's what the left has become, is a mob. And they're very anti-law enforcement. Uh, you know, I, I, was, I was chronicling all the issues that they were responsible for. When Barack Obama was in the White House, his uh, rhetoric uh, condemning police officers and drawing some sort of moral equivalent between a, a police officer trying to enforce the law and somebody uh, attacking a police officer trying to take his weapon. And that resulted in the, the murder of about a dozen law enforcement officers. You never saw uh, anybody uh, on the left decrying Trump's rhetoric, I mean, uh, Obama's rhetoric. 
But now, uh, you know, Trump saying basically, you know, intemperate things during the election almost two years ago is justification for them to engage in actual murder or attempted murder. And uh, and the latest attack on law enforcement that they have undertaken is uh, abolish ICE. They want the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency to be abolished. They want to cripple the border, make it possible for anybody who shows up with a child to just enter the country and set up house, never to be seen again. And they want to abolish the agency that was responsible for enforcing um, immigration law. This is a uh, this is a, a actual uh, political spot that the Republicans are going to be running uh, in the uh, uh, in the run up to the November elections. That uh, is really calling out the left for their unhinged tactics. A few years ago, ideas that we talked about were thought to be fringe ideas, radical ideas, extremist ideas. Those ideas are now mainstream. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, in a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless What's Uncle Tom but for white women who disappoint other white women? One way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy. So please, bring on the recession. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. An individual uh, came up to us and asked us whether they were Republicans or Democrats on the field. Jeff told them it was Republicans. A top U.S. Republican and uh, some of his aides have been shot during baseball practice. The suspect identified as James Hodgkinson. James Hodgkinson from Belleville, Illinois, had some strong political views. I have just been informed that the alleged shooter at the Republican baseball practice this morning is someone who apparently volunteered on my presidential campaign. One Facebook group Hodgkinson belonged to was actually called Terminate the Republican Party. Who is this guy? Well, uh, that's just sort of a, a compilation of some of the violent acts that have taken place in the last couple of years that the Democrats are trying to push down the memory hole. Um, but, you know, this is not all on one side. Uh, Jim Acosta showed up at a Trump rally uh, last week, and he was treated pretty roughly, too. Here's his report. And with all this talk of civility, Wolf, I can tell you that not all of the people in this crowd here in West Columbia, South Carolina, treated us with that level of civility that we all think that Americans should be entitled to across this country. Uh, while we have had some people come up to us and be very nice this evening, I did have uh, an elderly woman come up to me just a short while ago. We have some video we can show you where she came up to me and said that uh, we at CNN should get the F uh, out of this auditorium at this high school in West Columbia. Uh, she then turned to the crowd and whipped them up into a frenzy, uh, calling on us to leave this auditorium before President Trump arrives, Wolf. But of course, as you know, uh, we are here to do our jobs and report the news and report on this rally, and we're not going anywhere, Wolf. Uh, you're doing an excellent job. So the brave Jim Acosta was able to stand up to this uh, this terrible attack by a little old lady um, telling him to get out of the arena after having been treated kindly by most of the other attendees uh, at this uh, at this event. <laughs> Jim, Jim Acosta uh, ought to get a medal for being able to stand up to this assault by this little old lady. We've got to run out to a break. We'll talk a little bit more about this when we come back from this break. And then we'll talk about the latest developments in the Imran Awan scandal right after these messages.
obstructionist politicians. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. A media motivated by extreme ideology. That was a racist lie told to appeal to racists. Government officials using propaganda and actually encouraging protests, which they know for a fact have been turning into violence in our streets. And it has been people, individuals, who have banded together. They've marched. They've bled. Yes, some of them have died. These conditions were common in every radical Islamic country I spent time in over my 12-year career. And I'm disgusted that we as Americans are accepting to live with these conditions today. Not because of ISIS, but because of a bunch of entitled crybabies who can't get over the fact that the American people elected Donald Trump. You're a It's an organized anarchy that's becoming unmanageable. Let's start with the so-called resistance. I think people have been watching too much Star Wars and Hunger Games. What are you resisting? The democratic process? The fact that our military is finally allowed to destroy ISIS? These protesters in the streets wear black clothes and masks to face property, harass our police, and then have the audacity to cry fascism. Do you even know what fascism is? Try asking someone from our not-too-distant history, the ones who were held up in prison camps, stormed beaches, and saw unimaginable horrors to defeat fascism. They're a huge part of the reason that you have the freedom to march in the streets. Instead of smashing windows and degrading the value of that freedom, try showing some respect by thanking a veteran or someone that's helped lay the foundation of this amazing country that we have the opportunity to live in. Well, that was Dom Rosso, Dom Rosso, uh, former Navy SEAL for uh, National uh, Rifle Association TV. Um, he's uh, he's got an excellent show on there if you get a chance to catch it. But um, this uh, this phenomena, this street violence, and this uh, incivility toward Trump supporters and uh, actual assaults. Um, while the, the media try to ignore it, and I guarantee you this, uh, this latest event with the, uh, uh, the leftist Camino Jimenez attack, attacking this, uh, this teenage boy there in San Antonio, you won't see that on the national news. Uh, this, that, that will be confined, uh, to social media. If you can uh, get it there at some point, they'll push it down the memory hole too, because that's what they do now. So the debate on the right has become, what should we do about this? You've got, uh, you've got a lot of people that say, well, you know, the way to combat this is to keep your cool and, uh, and not respond in kind. Uh, Dennis Prager is one of these guys. Dennis, do you have some advice for how I can keep my cool when I'm in debates with leftists who are screaming at me? Yes, by knowing that keeping your cool means you win. You have to ask what comes across better for my values and keeping cool always comes across better the screamer loses the screamer loses how about when that screamer starts assaulting you and uh, and um, gathers a mob that tries to prevent you from exercising your constitutional rights i think what's going to have to be done is we, we have got to prepare ourselves as um, as an organization as peace lovers uh, to defend ourselves, because I think that this uh, this assault from the left is only going to get worse before it gets better. And if you're raising, uh, you know, a traditional American family, or, or you know, uh, you've got uh, you've got kids, and and you believe in a an America First agenda, I think you need to start uh, preparing uh, your family uh, for uh, for a coming assault. Uh, you need to teach them how to defend themselves, both physically. And with arms, if necessary, because um, at this point, uh, civil unrest has become a, 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 not only uh, a potential, but a reality from the left. And uh, I think it's going to get uh, more and more violent before it gets any better. Well, did you see? That um, that Imran Awan, the Pakistani uh, IT specialist that worked uh, for the House, um, the uh, Congressional uh, House of Representatives, and who employed his uh, many members of his family, and uh, had billed uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz 
and uh, and members of uh, the House of Representatives up to six million dollars over five years <clears throat> for administering their uh, their computer servers comes out uh, that uh, none of these people in the Awan family were particularly skilled at um, at uh, uh, information technology or computer uh, servers, but they were very skilled on uh, running uh, scams on uh, how to uh, steal property from the House of Representatives. And it appears that, uh, that these uh, servers that contain classified information and, and volumes upon volumes of, uh, of voter uh, information, constituent information, had been uh, had been uh, exfiltrated is the word they like to use. Uh, had been taken off site um, and out of the country. It was a, a huge scandal when it broke. It was compounded by the fact that Emron um, Awan was uh, on Debbie Wasserman Schultz's uh, staff at the same time she was running the Democrat National Committee as the chairperson. And, of course, we know uh, that the whole Russia uh, collusion narrative is based on the implication, or I'm, I'm sorry, not the implication, the claim that, uh, that the Russians hacked the DNC servers. So this was the same time you've got uh, Imran Awan uh, running the IT servers for, the, for Congress remotely from Pakistan and we have this uh, this huge data breach uh, in the House of Representatives and at the Democrat National Committee. So uh, when all of this came to light, Awan tried to abscond. He sent his family overseas uh, back to Pakistan with uh, a, a suitcase full of cash. And he tried to follow a few days later after taking out a huge loan from uh, from the House of Representatives Credit Union, um, uh, a, um, a so-called uh, equity line of credit against uh, rental properties. So he was trying to abscond with uh, about another $100,000 when the FBI arrested him. And we thought that this was going to be a lead up to trying to get to the bottom of what exactly the Awan family was doing um, by compromising the House of Representatives data servers. And if he had any connection to the, um, to the leak or the hack leak, I say, of the DNC servers. <laughs> I guess we just don't really uh, appreciate how deep the deep state runs because they were having none of it. And yesterday, Awan appeared in a federal uh, courthouse. I'm sorry, on Monday, appeared in a federal courthouse and, uh, and pled guilty to one count of bank fraud for in uh, return of which... He was uh, given a um, dropped charges against his wife and immunity for himself for any prosecution of crimes that he had committed uh, prior to that. So he was he was basically given a uh, get out of jail free card. Now, you really can't even uh, describe the the implications of of this, um, this exoneration that the Department of Justice gave Awan because Awan was uh, implicated in so many um, data breaches that it's just mind-boggling. Here's uh, Tom Fenton of Judicial Watch to explain a little bit of this for you. The Awan brothers, essentially a criminal gang that was working for Democrats on the Hill in the House of Representatives, connected to Pakistan, that despite warnings from their own internal IG, were allowed to continue to, to conduct their criminal behavior. In fact, the ringleader, the Awan brother ringleader, was left in position to cause even more damage by Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who employed him, even after he ran into law enforcement problems. There were indications they were logging on, hacking democratic systems, taking information off of democratic systems in the Hill, 
They had access to all sorts of sorts of uh, information, including the members on the intelligence committees and other sensitive committees. They were stealing equipment. They maybe had access to your personal information. Just think, a lot of members of Congress receive calls from members of their, from their constituents who have problems with getting government benefits and other things. That's called constituent services. Congress thrives on, that's a major issue for Congress. They, you know, congressional offices spend a lot of time and effort on constituent services because incumbent members want to take care of their voters, show that they're doing something for them. So you can imagine all the personal private data that is on these, com these computer systems on the Hill. All possibly been, all could have been compromised as a result of this Awan Brothers scandal. And the Pakistani connection, where they're going in and out of Pakistan, in fact, there's a video we have out, maybe we can provide another link to it. Did you know that they were actually doing IT support out of Pakistan remotely? for the Democrats, 40 members. And Luke Rosiak, who works for the Daily Caller News Foundation, reported this week, and he's been uh, the reporter who's done a most, much of the legwork on this story, reported that they kind of bypassed all of the background checks to let this group work. So they come in, they're hiring their family, not even performing the work for which they're being paid, just scandal on top of scandal. So this news story this week reinvigorated the whole concern. Now, some of, two of them at least are under indictment, Bawan and his wife. I think there may be others. But this criminality is going uninvestigated largely by the House. They don't want to expose what went on. And when I talk about hacking, doesn't that ring a bell? Doesn't that ring a bell? Uh, hacking over the DNC that was also run by Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the employer of Emron Awan. And their, their relationship between uh, uh, DSW, DWS, and, uh, and Awan goes far beyond that. Uh, she had a, uh, a personal relationship down in South Florida where, uh, where Awan took some of these ill-gotten gains from his employment with, uh, with the House of Representatives and gave De Debbie Wasserman Schultz's uh, daughter a, a birthday party um, at, a, uh, at a, a horse farm. So they were closely connected. There was all sorts of illegality going on. And this is, this is uh, all connected to you know what went on, in my opinion, over at the Democrat National Committee, which I would argue resulted in the death of uh, Seth Rich. So y we hoped that uh, by charging him with these, this bank fraud that we were going to have the opportunity for the FBI and the Department of Justice to really get to the bottom of what was going on here. And uh, quite contrary to that, I guess we should have expected it by now, they swept all of this under the rug and gave Awan a get-out-of-jail-free card. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, young Americans walking away from the Democrat Party and the walk-away movement right after these messages. Good news uh, is that uh, young people, um, a large segment of them at least, are seeing what's happening with the Democrat Party and um, and deciding they want no part of it. And uh, it turns out that in a recent uh, Reuters poll, Reuters Ipsos poll, uh, they they surveyed 16,000 registered voters between the ages of 18 and 34. Um, they, they conducted this in 2018 and they had conducted the same exact poll back in 2016 to gauge what was going on, uh, with the young electorate. And it turns out young voters, white, uh, young voters in particular, uh, favored Democrats back in 2016 by a margin of 47 to 33%. But since, uh, uh, Trump's election and this booming economy, which is, uh, finally, improve the economic prospects for this demographic, 
um, made jobs more available and, uh, and increased wages, uh, that today that same poll shows that 39% of, um, young Americans, white Americans favor the Republicans, uh, which is essentially tied with the number that uh, favored Democrats. Now, the Democrats have relied on a uh, huge advantage in the young voter uh, roles as well as their huge advantage uh, in uh, minority votes in order to be competitive with Republicans electorally. Well, it looks like uh, the young vote uh, is, is leaving the Democrats in droves. And uh, as well, uh, a lot of uh, min- minorities are uh, starting to realize that um, that the Democrats don't have their best interests at heart either. Uh, Candace Owens, who is a rising young uh, black uh, conservative, uh, appeared on um, uh, Charles Payne's show on Fox Business. And this is what she had to say about this so-called hashtag walkaway movement. Oh, I'm having some. Uh, let's let's go directly to the file and see if we can uh, we can play that for you. I think it's the most natural thing in the entire world. Unfortunately, the left and the Democrats, the party is unrecognizable to many people, especially millennials. They've become violent. They've become extreme. And I think beyond that, they have really radical ideas. Altogether, we're talking about socialism as a platform, which, as we both know, has killed over 100 million people in the last 100 years. How can people stay on the left anymore? And I think what we can contribute this to is social media. Social media has provided that courage to people because you're looking around and you're seeing so many like-minded individuals pop up. Me, as a black person who says, look, I have conservative values. The many people that trailblazed before me, like Larry Elder, Condoleezza Rice, and Dr. Ben Carson, they, they didn't have social media in the way that we have it today, which allows us to springboard off of their ideas and make it okay to come out. The walk away hashtag was started by a gay hairdresser in uh, New York. City. So we're seeing so many people pop up. And as I said, this is just the beginning. I really do believe we are seeing the end of the Democratic Party as we know it. Just look at some of the facts here. Look at the priorities on the left. They are, they've been highly focused on illegal immigrants, the 2,000 illegal immigrants that were separated um, from their families. And yet we see that there are millions of kids that are in foster care and millions of kids that have been separated by their parents that have Amen. been in prison. So it's about seeing really where their priorities lie or starting to wake up and understand that their interests have not been for us in a long time. And yet they've been insisting on using our identities, whether we're black, our sexual orientation, whether we're gay, lesbian, to sort of strap us down into the stale existence of the Democratic Party platform. And we're seeing a movement away from that, a movement towards ultimately individualism. Because look at what they're selling. Look at what the adjectives that you just used. Guilty, right? The, the idea of being oppressed, of guilty, of angry, of being a victim. And what we're offering is freedom, you know, happiness, individualism, a way to progress forward, which is going to win in the end, positivity or negativity. That's what we are seeing happening right now in all communities it's an american movement towards freedom absolutely candace owens is a huge rising star uh, for the right and is uh, starting to call out this whole identity politic narrative uh, that the democrats have relied on for so long and uh, you know with the increase of uh, young whites away from the democrat party and uh, and the realization by a large segment of, of blacks that the Democrats really don't have their best interests at the heart when they uh, when they promote open borders uh, to continue to uh, dilute uh, the workforce uh, to to uh, the detriment of people that are looking for the first rung on the economic ladder. Uh, you 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 stand a real possibility of a total catastrophe for the Democrats because if only about fifteen percent. If, if uh, the Republican Party got only about 15% of the black vote, and I think currently they get about 5% usually, but if they increase that number to 15%, that would, that would spell total and complete annihilation of the Democrat Party as a, uh, as a governing force, and they would have to reorganize themselves and finally, at long last, 
stop playing this victim card and and actually um, become part of um, you know a, a, become a real political party again trying to solve problems. So um, this uh, this hashtag walk away movement is starting to gather steam. And I would imagine that they've, they've got old Tom Perez and Keith Ellison over there at the Democratic National Committee uh, scrambling, trying to figure out some way uh, to hold uh, young people and to hold black voters down on the plantation. Got a little time left. I want to talk about this, uh, this emerging uh, censorship on the Internet uh, and social media that you're, you're seeing. You know, I've been... Uh, doing this talk radio uh, gig for quite some time now. And uh, as far, part of show prep, I go on Google and I search uh, for stories, uh, you know, from uh, a, an American nationalist and, uh, and a, a conservative perspective. And I can tell you that uh, they have pretty much uh, pushed all of the coverage uh, of national issues from that side of the spectrum down the memory hole you just can't find them anymore you have to actually know you can't do searches on google uh and find those the, that information anymore you have to have identified where uh these outlets are and go directly there because uh, doing a google search will no longer result in a uh, um, a complete search of, uh, of available sources because they're over there censoring um, what they consider to be legitimate news sources. They, they, uh, and they're, they're not making a secret of it. They will tell you um, outright that they're, uh, they're making evaluations on what is a valid form of news and what is not. So uh, there's, a, there's a fellow that's uh, having a lot to say on this issue uh, that's sort of surprising. Brett Weinstein was a former professor at uh, Evergreen State College. You might remember that Evergreen State College in Washington was where that uh, that racial unrest took place where, um, well, it wasn't even racial unrest. It was pretty much uh, directed at Brett Weinstein himself. Uh, the, the leftist campus out there determined that they were going to have a um, – a day where all white people were required to leave the campus and Brett Weinstein, who is himself, um, you know, very liberal and a, a liberal Democrat pointed out that, uh, you know, that, that is racist in and of itself and refused to participate, which set off, um, you know, a round of recriminations against Brett Weinstein that ultimately cost him his job when he, uh, was sent a letter by evergreen administration saying that they could no longer, um, guarantee his safety on campus i think they had to buy he and his wife who is also a professor there uh buy their contracts out and he has left but he's uh he's appeared on some ted talks and some <clears throat> some other radio shows having a lot of interesting things to say about uh this um, emerging internet censorship first of all there's a lot we can do and sure. in fact you know one of the other things about about the evolutionary toolkit is that i believe uh, we have First of all, there's a lot we... I'm sorry, that's not the clip I wanted to play. This is. Imagine, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me that it's even hard to do this thought experiment, but put yourself in, you know, in your own mind 15 years ago and present yourself the deal that the phone represents. You know, hey, Joe, I check this phone out, right? This phone is going to allow you to navigate in a place you've never been. It's going to connect you with uh, all sorts of people who share your interests. You're going to be able to say a sentence that you think is clever and suddenly hundreds or thousands of people are going to be able to react to it. I mean, all sorts of marvelous things. And then the point is, well, here's the downside, okay? You're going to be hooked into mega corporations that are going to study your psychology and they are going to compete in order to keep you paying attention to their site and right. they're going to become so sophisticated that you're going to lose control over your own mind you are going to become addicted to it in the way that you might become addicted to nicotine right so mm. that that's a pretty high cost what's more you are going to surveil yourself 
you're going to surveil yourself and your only protection from surveilling yourself are going to be end user license agreements that you're not going to be legally sophisticated enough to understand. And so you're going to be at the mercy of whoever has access to your phone camera, your metadata, your, you know, all of these things. So the point is, if you said this to you 15 years ago, you'd know to be afraid of it. I must tell you, if you told me that I was going to be bugging myself with uh, a sophisticated device like that, that yeah. I, you know, I can't even, I can't even turn it upside down because there's a camera on both sides of the damn right. thing. Right. I mean, the cost is really high, but we signed up for it incrementally in a way that never left the ability to say right. no. And that has become the new normal. We are, in fact. Uh, carrying around surveillance devices on us that corporate and government entities are using to manipulate our behavior and manipulate the information that we're given access to. So you might want to think about this and start moving off of uh, Chrome, replace that with a Firefox browser, move on to a virtual private network so that the ISPs can't tell what you're doing, uh, and do your uh, internet searches using DuckDuckGo instead of, uh, instead of Google uh, that tracks and records your every search. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of America First Radio. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow night on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwanns.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.